All right, everybody, welcome back to an all-new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. We have again with us today the lovely pleasure of being joined by the Batman. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, buenos dias, senor Batchidal. <laughs> What's up, man? You got a haircut, huh? You're looking fresh. I got a haircut since um, I I also gave up on winter. It was time to to get some air around my head and uh, I get rid on, of. I gave up the... on winter. Winter's long. Winter doesn't have a chance with me anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so I got rid of all this. The masses of wool around my head. <laughs> have you ever seen those videos of the of the sheep in the mountains that have never been trimmed before? I I kind of always thought that like. I always thought like these animals have a natural limit to how much wool they produce because otherwise it would be impossible for them to survive. But apparently not. Apparently they just keep growing. <laughs> yeah. I often thought about this also with other animals because I don't you think about a dog. Like a dog has has always a certain type of fur like length. Like yeah. some some dog have like are like furrier <laughs> yeah. have have yeah. less long fur but it it's, it always like stays the same they you don't have to bring your your dog to it to 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 barbershop like every every <laughs> every few weeks it just like stays in this in a certain yeah. sheep knot yeah and I, i've seen these videos it's also so crazy how like through the tidings and weather and regarding where, they, where they're standing is like the, the the outer like um like it, it peels itself a little bit, and the outer shells are like growing hard and yeah. wet and nasty. <laughs> Dude, still to this day, the most rewarding uh, visual of a dog getting a haircut. Still to this day, it like of all the you know oddly satisfying internet compilations of like satisfying things. The most satisfying video I've ever seen of a dog getting any kind of haircut is still in that amazing film edward scissorhands where <laughs> towards the end he's at a he's at a low point the townspeople are just about to chase him with like torches and pick for uh, pitchforks back to his castle where he came from but he's at this low point where he thinks he's disappointed winona rider and he ran away and he's scared and he sits down on a porch like on, on this driveway next to the road and uh, the neighbor's dog who is this type of breed that always has the hair hanging over the eyes. I don't know what breed. It's like this big white dog with hair, like very shaggy over the face. And I don't know. I guess they did it in real life because it, it looks so perfectly real. They must He must have just done it and been super careful. But he the dog comes over to like comfort him in his in his sad time. And the guy and Edward Scissorhands looks over and with his you know, with his scissor hands, leans over and just perfectly just snips the hair that's like sitting just above his eyes it's one clean like and it's a perfect square around his eyes where he can see and i always find that so satisfying like yes now you can (laughs) see buddy now you can now you can see everything yeah it's so clean man i love it dude we have uh, i have so many things to tell you about from the last uh since since we spoke last i mean it's been quite a week or so I'm pretty quite some stuff to catch up on. 
Dude, uh, this is the first time in a But first of all, yes. we got we got to we got to settle one thing. Yeah. Can we still agree on a very strong Bavarian American transatlantic relationship that you and I embrace and worship? Because I fear on the on the political this stage This seems like a very loaded question. <laughs> I I feel like on the political stage What do you mean? Um, what do you mean? That that relationship like I don't know could be hurt by now or could be weakened a little bit um as you may, m might know last week has been the the munich security conference um uh yeah in munich obviously a huge thing all nato allies Sarah Zelensky was there kamala harris was there and kamala harris i don't know if you have oh, instagram wow. open <laughs> kamala harris um landed in uh, on munich airport on thursday and was greeted by who? Dr. Magus Söder. Yeah. Our very own Bavarian, like, um, okay. prime minister, kind of. And re regardless of what you think of Markus Söder, yeah. I think everyone can agree on he really likes to be the center of the attention. He has a big ego. <laughs> and Kamala Harris posted this photo okay. on, on Instagram from her arrival at Munich Airport, and she took that one shot where you see her walking, completely hiding her host, Markus Söder. Like, you only see his legs, and the rest of his body is covered by her because she took that one shot where she walks by him, and you cannot see him. So I'm not sure if Bavaria is still interested in having <laughs> relations with, with the United States of America. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find that picture right here. I think I. Well, I see. I see let one me, image. Um, there might. I think there's a little bit of a delay on on my end. I don't. I don't. Hope, I don't mean to interrupt. If I do, um, there is. I see an image of them like sharing one of those big Bavarian. Oh, hello. Yeah. I. Oh, there we are. Oh, there yeah. we are. I lost you for a second. Sorry. Are you back? Oh. You feel, you can you hear me? I, I can hear you. I could hear you all the time. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. The your, the screen of of you and I together just went away for a second, but it came. Okay. Um, Wait. I I, I found the it. image I can, of them I can... like sharing. Yeah. Show me. Show me if you can screen share. Show me what you what you see there. Uh, I see the welcome I just, to Bavaria. I just sent you the link and... <laughs> image here. This is so funny, dude. What a what a clash of worlds, huh? One of the best. I just because um, you know. Go ahead. Dude, we have to get we have to get back back synced somehow. I just sent the link in the in the in the in the chat here. In Anyways, chat. Okay, let, me, I, let me see. Yeah, here. I I think um yeah, that might be a problem for Bavarian American relations, but probably yours truly Jordan Prince might be here to fix that. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. Let's not get crazy here. Uh, let's see. I am not trying to share my screen. Let me close out of there. There we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, I, 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 as this loads, I guess it's definitely my internet that's doing this. I have to blame Telecom, by the way. Telecom, you are monsters and you're thieves and you're so vicious. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, I see the photo now. This is hilarious. They shared that on her official page? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely more about 
her <laughs> and not about the relationship. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. And obviously, like, it, I, I, I believe as well as her team, like, are professionals. And if it would have been, like, Olaf Scholz, like the chancellor of Germany, they wouldn't have done that. But obviously, for an, an American vice president, it could be that a Bavarian, so a regional federal head of government is not as important. But just Dude, but because still, when you live in Bavaria, for the image, like for image sake, to to share a photo <laughs> where you block the person you have met, that is quite yeah. a it's quite a statement. <laughs> even if they didn't intend on that, like probably knowing Americans, they were like, "This is a wonderful photo of our vice president standing amongst you know military as she arrives in Germany," and then they just thought like maybe that was a security guard behind her in the moment. <laughs> You know, maybe they didn't know that it was the most important person that, could that she was be, meeting like, that day. Like, Michael Suda has the stature that he he could be a security guard. Like, totally. big guy, like, six foot something, like... <laughs> quiet, burly. <laughs> <laughs> he's not quiet. No, but that's yeah, true, that's e- true. He's not so quiet. His ego, I don't know how, how, how that to, uh, took that. Whoa, but, dude. Have you, have you checked out the comments on this photo? On this photo blast, it's only, it's only, I've scrolled down like 20 or 30 so far, it's only uh, requests for ceasefire. It's only about Palestine. Wow. Wow. There's not, wow. This is really crazy. Okay, there's one. I just saw one from... 24 hours ago but the last 24 hours it's (laughs) since been it's like hundreds of people only talking that's really crazy um no but this is funny because i mean the photo is very funny because i i I was thinking about i was thinking about kamala the other day because somebody said some comedian said and i forgot who that's gonna kill me some comedian said um (laughs) that kamala like the the issue well Besides the obvious issues, the, the 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 comical issue between Biden and Trump running again is that they're just so old. And uh, somebody said, come on, Kamala, you're just one small nudge away. Like just <laughs> next time you're at the top of a staircase, you're one small sneeze or cough, just a little uh. Uh, a little bump and you're president. Come on. First, first female president, first person president of like first female president of color, all these things. She could just be, she could be a young president, but man, I can't believe, I can't believe in the same era that we have like a youthful woman of color in, in the White House in general, that still, it's almost like a compensation, like a payment for having that, that we have to have two of the oldest white guys in history. Yeah. Like them, them running this year. I saw John Stewart talking about this. Them running this year breaks the record that they set four years ago. <laughs> yeah, like of like the oldest person running in office. Whoever wins this time will break the world record of themselves. <laughs> isn't 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 Joe Biden both like one of the youngest senators ever, as well as the oldest president? That sounds right. I sent right. you this, this video. Yeah, there's, 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 there's hilarious um, footage of Joe Biden in the 70s, like being a 30 years old uh, governor, uh, senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's pretty entertaining. Dude, but I have yeah, to it's, say, it's, yeah, that, that footage of him, I don't, if, if you guys listening haven't seen it, there's a really famous clip going around right now of Joe Biden, quite young, um, you know, maybe 30, looks like maybe 30, 32, something like that. 
Uh, but it's 70s, so he looks a bit older than he is. Everyone in the 70s looks so much older than they were. It's really crazy. But you can tell, like, if you really pay attention, he's probably like 30. But he, I got to say that last two frames where he's telling this guy, like, you guys trying to tell me you didn't know that? And he, dude, he's super handsome. He had a, he had yeah. a real charm about him that I that I'd never saw in his older age. Yeah, you know? I believe I believe the the, the 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 caption of that video on Twitter was was like, "Oh my God, '70s Joe Biden is giving me so hard Saul Goodman vibes." Yeah, Saul Goodman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, I actually that was, uh, I, I, he, him and his older age doing this uh, like sort of bad boy thing with the sunglass, the aviator sunglasses. I saw it more as like a gimmick, especially when Stephen Colbert mocked it so perfectly. So I stopped seeing it as like a, I never really saw it as like a cool thing, but I saw it even less cool once I saw the the jokes about it. But seeing him as like this young guy, like someone that I could connect with, like, oh, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's my age, probably 32, 33. Like, wow, that's, that's cool, man. All right. Nice. Like, that, that's the first time I saw him as like kind of a cool guy. But you have to go back yeah, 40 years, you know. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Or 50 but years. Yeah, it's, God. That's going to be that's going to be a weird a weird year like for American politics. I, it's, Should, it's been coming last up time we so did an election episode, remember that? We put so much effort into it and made like a 2-hour election episode last time. I really think uh, that's still one of my f most favorite episodes that we did was the election episode for Trump because also it it was um, cool to hear from different perspectives. Like I was very surprised my dad sent in an opinion on that, um, which we did play, and we have a few different other uh, perspectives on the whole thing. But it was interesting to see just where people stand and what they thought was about to change, because it felt like the world was really about to change. Yeah. And if you ask most people, I guess at least in our generations, um, like Gen Z and Millennial, you they would say that the world really changed for after that. I mean, not even just politically, but in general, this feeling of how the time, how the times and the social structures have been affected since that election through, imagine then through the pandemic, then, yeah. then the big, like, um, then the, the switch, then the, what do you call it? The um, overtake of like democratic power, which caused even a darker conflict on the right side and how that separation grew even further and now how it's kind of come raging back. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm very sure Trump will win, which is really an insane thing. But I, I've been asked by so many Germans uh, in the last few weeks what I think about that. And I think it would be naive to say that he doesn't have a very good shot because he's just collected such an army. Yeah. It's really crazy. I feel I feel like that's that's the main difference to uh, compared to to the last election. Like last time was like okay, this is the last chance to get someone else in office rather than Trump. And now it feels like every everyone is kind of delusional and is like, yeah, he's gonna do it somehow. And I, I get that because because the experience is when you read the, any any news about Trump is he's on he's he's on trial there, he's on trial here, but. Somehow he will get through it with his like. <laughs> I know how much money he still he still has since there just has been a case that he's not so truthful about. Um, <laughs> Trump's how, how not wealthy... so truthful. Oh, come on, <laughs> you're crazy. How 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 wealthy he actually is. Um, 
but yeah, you feel like, okay, this is so crazy. This guy has, has done things that he, he should, that should lead to no matter of his, of his political views, but what he has done should lead to a point where you are excluded from um, being able to run for any position in government. Right. But it seems just like he has built the infrastructure around him and set the right people in the right position for his, um, for himself to yeah. just not like have any consequences with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. if everything, if it, if it, if it runs down to, to the, the Supreme Court, he knows he got like six of his guys sitting there. <laughs> I'm so, I'm also, I'm also just so fascinated by, let me get, let me get out of the VP Instagram here. Like, I think we talked, <laughs> did we talk about it on last week's episode about the, the, was that you that we talked about with the, the red burning eyes? Yeah, we uh, dark Brandon. Like, yeah, we talked about it. That's like, it. That's, that's why you sent that. Uh, that's right. That's why you sent that message. Uh, I was just looking here to see if it's still. It is still up because that is horrifying. It has one million likes. <laughs> right. That was that. Of course, that was the whole thing about Taylor Swift. Yeah, after the yeah. Chiefs won. Just like we drew it up at <laughs> Chiefs, and it's a picture of himself. With these burning, raging Satan eyes, this is the kind of image that the right <laughs> would use as the propaganda for them saying that he's like some, you know, Pizzagate kid touching sort of like insane person. Mm. This is like not smart of them, I think, to you to play to do this. I'm, I'm still, know. I'm still, I'm still not sure whether whether it's it's not smart or it's super smart. That's fair. It has About over that. a million likes, which is pretty insane. Yeah, probably it's like I don't know. It it seems like regarding all the the stories about yo, does this guy still have a memory? Does he remember what he's doing? Does he remember the names of his like the the, the people he's dealing with on top political level internationally, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. I feel yeah. like this is an attempt to show like yeah, I'm still. I still got it. I still get what you kids are doing around the internet and what you're laughing about, and um, so I'll participate in that. I think I think these two comments under this post answer this question in the two best possible ways. <laughs> uh, there's a question under this insane post that says, "Why did the president post this?" And there are two answers that are very opposite answers. And I think it's a, if you put them together, it's, it's the solution. Uh, one answer is, hey, he's mocking the conspiracy theorists. Because <laughs> it is a cons conspiratorial image, for sure. It's propaganda against him that he's posting. So that could be, like you're saying, the super smart choice. And I think yeah. it's most likely that, right? And the uh, contradictory answer to that is... The old sack has been asleep since 6 p.m. This is some weird <laughs> assistant thinking they're funny. <laughs> Which could also be the case. Because, I mean, nothing's going to get on the official president's Instagram without a lot of litigation and filtering. I'm sure it's not mm -hmm. just some 19-year-old in, like, an H&M suit or something, like, sending stuff out. There's no chance. So, but I'm that's sure a, it's, that's like it's all a gimmick, you know? Having 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 worked uh, in social media for for a for a media outlet, w whenever like at, at PR, right, we posted something that 
had a sense of humor, etc., or was going towards a direction of memes, etc. Obviously, you have a lot of people that will not like it because it's just not their like sense of humor, etc. Right. And so the most German comment you would find under every like comical post was like, "Huh? War eurem Praktikanten wieder langweilig?" So like, was your inter your intern that bored that he posted that or she? <laughs> right, exactly. It's funny to think what, who, what they think the... Uh, how uh, this what works. The, what, yeah, what, exactly, how the system is, yeah. Uh, and to be clear, to make it to make it very clear, uh, the weird post of his eyes is on, on, on the at, like, on the at Joe Biden page. He does no. have a completely separate page for at POTUS, like for at President... Uh, of the United States page. That's a very completely separate page where there are no jokes or gimmicks. It's all very, very, as you would imagine, like very user-friendly, clear, pretty images of him, you know, shaking hands with construction workers and meeting with world leaders and stuff like, like, um, what's his face from Germany? Um, <laughs> homeboy. A guy. Uh, to, 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 cite, to cite Joe Biden there, Mitterrand from Germany. Come on, the guy. The guy. What's his name? Uh, come on. Not Merkel, but... You're going to hold this out on me, aren't you? Uh, come on, I'm looking at him. <laughs> Schultz, Schultz, Schultz. O yes, Olaf? Is it Olaf? It is Olaf. Like the snowman? Like the snowman. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> I did, but I just forgot that it's the snowman's name, too. He's he's just like the snowman, yeah. He melts under pressure. Oh! No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what his policies are like. That was just a very easy joke to make. <laughs> Fair one. Like, both of them under a third-degree interrogation lamp, they both melt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus, man! All right, let's let's get out of politics. Yeah, you know, but talking uh, about prof professional professional social media, when w when right. will you hire the first person to manage your accounts? <laughs> I still I still have quite a ways I still have quite a ways to go before I can hire anybody. I I am finally at the point <laughs> where I, I've I've hired uh, people to film things for me at a proper rate, and I I do have an, a friend who. Um, has been editing like for those for, for you or for those who have seen any of these clips of the stand-up show from the Milla last month, um, the the general footage and like syncing of the sound is done by a different editor friend who lives in Portugal. He sends me like the the full clip with everything sort of spliced between the two cameras and then all the punchy sort of post-production work that makes it very internet friendly. That's done by me at the at the last step. But mm -hmm. um, I have been very thankful enough to be uh, able to afford someone who can film it properly and someone who can sync it and color correct it nicely for me because I'm just so bad with these like really super detail-oriented steps. I'm better at like, okay, here's a more or less finished product. I could post it like this, but maybe I would find it a little boring, although it's like professional. And then my thing is <laughs> almost butchering it because then it goes into my my free phone editors like on CapCut or TikTok and then I <laughs> literally do everything with these two fingers like squinching it in and then syncing it up and squinching it in. That's so crazy. It's wild that that's sort of the norm now that you can really get away with 
the butchering footage, but it's like these zoom ins are just so essential. Like it just keeping people's attention is so essential. And as long as for me as the content that I'm putting out, as long as the words that I'm saying or the jokes that I'm setting up, I think are of value, I have no problem changing the visual context around it so that it fits the culture. But if, it, if there were no good words or good content or good jokes and I was still manipulating the footage, then it would feel fake. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big, that's an important line to draw, I think. But I, but I, but I feel like that's that's an interesting point as well for people who, who might not know. Um, you like have an education in film and the style of your videos, I think, is not necessarily a decision that you took out of your own, like, taste of what you like but rather than okay this is this is the the just like you said i want to i want to put my humor my jokes into that form that works on these on these platforms exactly yeah it's like the internet is moving so fast and if you start like what to kind of get a leg up in the competition which is plentiful and ever growing um you kind of have to keep an eye out for what's working And you can have, there's this one department that I keep an eye on, which is my my goal towards the end of all this, which is there is content that is very well shot and isn't abusive with its editing, but still gets good traction. And the, the, the difference is that it has very, very good quality content. Like it's shot on a nice camera. It's edited clean. The, the audio quality is perfect. And most importantly, the host or what's being given to the viewer is quality entertainment it can be a still shot but if the joke is mm. funny and the content is funny or it's just entertaining or it's gripping enough like that high quality content will be fine enough as it is but there's this huge middle zone that i'm currently in which is above like total amateur mm-hmm. but i was total amateur for a long time and now i'm in this middle zone which is a combination of very well shot, but also playing with these amateur effects because you have content that goes extremely viral, um, but unfortunately is sort of abusing people's attention spans. It like, mm-hmm. there's, it is sort of just like the natural um, way that things have been manipulated or formed over time on the internet. But there's just this technique of how, like to break it down into the simplest way that I can describe it for someone who has no idea about any sort of thing about editing or about film or TV or anything, the language of, like the language of recording a video of someone on the internet, and by language I mean how close or far away you are from the person talking and how quickly you cut from this image of the close-up of their reaction to the wide shot of three people slapping their knee laughing at the fact that they broke character or whatever like the language of how that footage looks to a viewer is very different on your phone than it is from how you see it on the television and Mm -hmm. eventually like professionally speaking i think most people tend to after a while still end up in this television editing style, which is clean and simple and digestible, but the host or the content is strong. And then that gray zone where I am is still pl- like having to play by the rules 
of the internet editing standards, which are a bit more fast-paced, crash-zooming, you know... It's more active because you, you're competing with 100 billion posts in a day. Yeah. How can you keep the person scrolling on your video for long enough that the view count um, is added to the overall numbers and that it's uh, long enough for someone to enjoy it enough that maybe maybe they like it, maybe they comment on it, maybe they follow the creator. It's a lot of competition, so you have to kind of play by the rules of the industry that you're within um, and that's kind of where I've, I found myself recently. So it almost has nothing to do, like like what I'm doing with the videos online, I'm very sure that I could have come to the techniques that I'm using now without having gone to film school at all. But I'm very grateful for having that foundation so that when I can evolve out of it into what I want to do eventually, longer form content on YouTube, for example, mm -hmm. like maybe talk show style things with skits or interviews, that I will have that foundation to know how those things can can look good and look professional. Yeah. But like, is there is there one of these like you call them like internet rules that you would like to avoid? Like one thing that immediately comes to mind you would like to avoid if you could afford it, basically. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I have a kind of rule of thumb that I uh, routinely stick to. There's sort of two that I always play with the most. I never voiced it out loud in words. It's just an instinct that I do when I'm cutting it, but it's definitely a, a very important aspect to my style, which is like never leaving a breath of space between the first scene Mm -hmm. and the second scene and so on and so forth so if you have like a let's say i'm talking directly to camera about something that i'm doing the last like frame of that perspective like of me like let's say i'm holding it i'm going to say one sentence and i'm going to cut the last word of that sentence has to coincide with like the last frame of footage so it had literally the word has to end the nanosecond that that frame is cut And then the next one I do, let's say I take my phone to a different angle and start a new sentence or continuing that thought, then the first word has to coincide with like the nanosecond of that first frame. So it almost mm -hmm. always consecutively feels like one entertaining sentence, although that's not how people talk. It's just the way the internet language has forced you to do it. So that way there's never a break long enough between the first sentence I've said and the second sentence I've said for someone to get bored. And it yeah. sucks because that's not how people talk and it's not like you're, you're kind of having to play by these manipulation rules to keep attention when if there was, you know, that's, that's just how the internet has forced things over time. And I think that's even now slightly reverting back to longer form content where you don't have to do that because even TikTok now is encouraging 10 minute or longer videos. They're trying mm. to compete with YouTube because YouTube is still king. Even mm. though TikTok has a billion users and people will still always make short form content, they're, they're still like, TikTok has changed how they pay creators. Like they, I had to mandatorily, like no exception, I had to switch out of the TikTok creator fund 
which they discontinued in, de- in December. I had to switch out of that into the Creative Beta Project Fund. It's like slightly named slightly mm-hmm. different, which means they only pay for videos over one minute. Oh, so, okay. So almost every single successful creator has now started going from like 15 to 30 to 45 second videos on the norm to one minute, one seconds, one minute, two seconds, sometimes even longer. But now yeah. I'm now I'm consciously thinking of that because that makes it more difficult for me to do an easy cross-platform posting yeah. because YouTube shorts are really strict about 59, 60 seconds. So that means I have to do a second edit for YouTube shorts, which sucks unless I want to do like a full-blown video, which I don't often want to do, but they don't really pay for much anyway until you're doing like big numbers. But I have to aim now for TikTok being over one minute for the most part, and then I can switch it over to Reels. But it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole annoying. But do you still thing. work it's, like TikTok first, and then from that you you bring your content to Instagram? Well, TikTok for me is the only app that's still consistently paying me. Okay. So I, I right now like I still make a lot of short content because I the thing is that posting seven days a week I can't make. 90 second <laughs> Dude, like, yeah. entertaining videos every day it's so exhausting so sure there's still many days often that the videos are shorter sometimes it's just using a trending sound sometimes it's using a trending joke that i turn into content that fits for my channel um but i am far more conscious of saying okay well i'm gonna do a sketch a classic johannes and jordan discussing something sketch let's push it to at least one minute one second no. And the good thing about Reels is that you can directly upload it the same. I think Reels accepts up to 90 seconds. So the only thing I have to trim down for is for YouTube Shorts. And mm-hmm. now I have to start posting more on LinkedIn, <laughs> apparently, which is so exhausting, too. It's another <laughs> platform, which Why? doesn't even pay. Why do you need to post your, your Reels on LinkedIn? Uh, because I'm finding out more and more through through people who write me and through the agency that there are so many... I didn't realize how... <coughs> insanely um important linkedin is yeah it's i thought it was like a a, dude like two years ago i thought linkedin was a website that nobody uses anymore because i didn't use it like i I thought it was like this (laughs) completely it's so funny it's like it's like a band i thought broke up because i stopped buying their cds or something (laughs) i just thought it was something that no one cares about that's just like oh it's for you know accountants and like it firms or something and not only did my agency really fight me on that mentality but i've had a lot of people who work what I would call, you know, normal jobs. So working yeah. in, in in any kind of company that isn't like being the person in front of the camera. And they've all said like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. LinkedIn is huge. It's it's like one of the most successful social media platforms in the world still, like very, yeah. very competitive. And I've had people reach out to me on there who are like asking that the content can be shared more so that it can reach these like vast groups of people who don't use TikTok or don't use Instagram, but they only use LinkedIn. And even the agency told me recently, I had to do it a few months ago, but I had to completely like reboot my entire profile to to update it like like adding the new content, adding the new descriptions of what I do. And yeah, it's a whole it's a whole like other thing now that I didn't even think about, you know? That's crazy. 
I hate LinkedIn. <laughs> I hate it too. It's not. It's not cool. It doesn't feel cool to be honest. No, it. it's not cool. It's just like I feel because I I I'm on this, like I'm doing kind of quotation marks research on LinkedIn because I I so often hear like people talking and I know I've been to conferences etc and at the end of the conference everyone's like yeah get your phone out we need to connect on LinkedIn and I was like I'm not on LinkedIn and everybody was like what you're not on LinkedIn and then I always ask people like what what what's what do you actually like do you actually benefit from that do you get cool job offers or getting getting important contacts or anything and most people say no. The only group of people I like that's my subjective like experience now right. that I that really told me that they got like good job offers, etc. are just like you said, like IT guys or engineers, etc. But yeah. in like in in media where I work, all like in my experience, all LinkedIn is is a bunch of people like metaphorically jerking off on how awesome they are in like being the person in front of the camera or being the person that's covering super important topics for this online medium etc right right it's like yeah i did this i did that uh, uh, uh. i just congratulate me on my work anniversary yeah exactly <laughs> you better like my my success in my job you're like fuck you <laughs> it's, it's so weird it's such a different world and like i can't imagine I can't imagine seeing like a professional comedian or a professional musician on LinkedIn, but then you look for them and they're there. It's so yeah. weird. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all to me. And maybe it's just like a, I think like elder millennials and up just use it so much. If I think about my brother, for example, he's like a star on LinkedIn. Like he, that's his, like that's his You could call him butter. Jordan Prince of LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, he's the Jordan Prince of LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> like he showed me his uh, his profile when I visited last year and it was like all these crazy connections and he's got all these like fans who appreciate mm -hmm. all his work updates and stuff and it's just so not my world but I could see like okay there's something there's like a whole thing happening there that I'm just so disconnected from it's crazy I feel a bit a little bit like it's it's pre pre Elon Twitter you got to say pre Elon Twitter but without the fun Without, without the, the memes, without without the niche like um, groups with their special messages, just like Twitter without the fun, just like officials <laughs> posting statements. LinkedIn, Twitter without the fun. <laughs> Dude, let me take a, a we German can keep, Twitter. It's German Twitter. Uh, let me keep rolling. I'm gonna take a quick pee break, and then I can tell you about the embassy from from last night. Yes, sir. All right, big dog. Yo, yo. <clears throat> uh, just Dude. because of, just before I forget. Yeah. Um, if you ever need someone like uh, shooting and doing basic editing for you, etc. A very good friend of mine just um, like started as a, as a freelancer, got good experience, just bought a new camera and stuff, and is always looking for jobs. Super easy oh, to work nice, with. Nice man. Yeah, give me you, his uh, give me his contact. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you his contact. Um, dude, so, yeah, last night, I have to tell you about this event that I went to. Um, yeah. We, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I was traveling on the train for, for most of yesterday. I, like, I think it was eight and a half hours total of traveling on trains, which is really not recommended. <laughs> I really <laughs> would not do that. Um, but still faster than going by car. But a few days ago... Uh, about a week ago, I was invited. I, I got this 
text from my uh, agency that was said like, hey, Jordan, you just got the craziest invitation. And it was this very, very official sounding uh, invitation that was like, um, let me just, <laughs> let me look at it here real quick. I can just, uh, you got an invitation. Sounds so crazy. So here, it's very official sounding. In honor of the 74th Berlinale and saluting German-American cooperation in the entertainment industry, the ambassador of the United States of America, Dr. Amy Gutmann, in partnership with Studio Babelsberg, the Motion Picture Association, Morrison and Forsta, and Big Image, request the pleasure of the company of Mr. Jordan Prince at a reception. <laughs> request the pleasure of the company. What a great sentence. To request the pleasure of the company. That's so nice. <laughs> of Mr. Jordan Prince at a reception on Tuesday, February 20th. Yeah, from 5.30 to 7.30. Location, U.S. Embassy, Berlin. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Which, <laughs> for those who don't know, the, the embassy is literally right under one of the most historically famous <laughs> play, like uh, tourist attractions in the entire city, the Brandenburger Tour. Like it's literally under it, which is so crazy to me. It's in the in the Parisa Parisa Platz, um, which is the location there um, under the Brandenburger Tour. If you've never Googled the Brandenburger Tour. <laughs> Um, it's, I mean, it's breathtaking. It's, it's like, you know, say what you want about them Nazis. They sure <laughs> did make some pretty buildings, man. <laughs> Actually, it is a little bit older than the Nazis, to be fair. <laughs> I guess I should say they knew, well, they knew what to keep around. Dude, but, but, but very quickly about that. <clears throat> I don't want to distract too much, but um, no, no, go ahead. last time I, I really was on social media like a few months ago, or it could already be a year, I'm not sure. But anyway, there was this trend of like fashion, social fashion influencers or whatsoever, realizing um, that Hugo Boss, you know Hugo Boss? Yeah, sure. That he already like equipped the Nazis, like he designed the uniforms, etc. That's and, right, yeah. And people on the internet were like, damn. Look at how how good the fits of the Nazis were and how awesome their uniforms were. And obviously a lot of people were like, yeah, but still. Ah. <laughs> but obviously you have like Gen Z fashion influencers from the States or from Japan or wherever who don't care as much about like German history and the Nazis, etc. And like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But to get you back gotta to the appreciate Tour, that just, cut, just man. To, get, to get our historic facts uh, straight, the Brandenburger Tor is way older than uh, the Nazis. <laughs> they just, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, they they knew what to keep around, you know. No, it's really, it's so crazy. Like, I, I I think I do tend to forget that, like, these beautiful, 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 beautiful places were just absorbed by them. They were just taken into their custody and like turned into you know, headquarters for things like, like the music school in Munich, it's gorgeous. But of course it was like Hitler's headquarters. It's really insane. Um, but yes, so I'm looking at a picture of it, of, of it right now. And like literally at the main entrance of this hugely famous tourist attraction, um, as you can imagine, if you're not looking at it, it's just all these old buildings with, you know, tall pillars, gorgeous statues, 
held by, you know, like acid rain torn statues of horses and angels with like, you know, turquoise blue stained imagery. And um, there's a building connected to it right there at the tourist center that is the U.S. Embassy of Berlin. And it's really so wild that I was there yesterday. It feels like um, there's no way that I could have done that in one day, but um, yeah, so like I said, I just read the invitation uh, just a six or seven days ago. I got the invitation for that, and uh, at first I decided I wasn't going to go. It seemed like a lot of work because um, we can get to that later too, but the, the weekend before, just last weekend, um, a few days ago, I was in Berlin already because, um, like, so the film festival, this famous film festival, Berlinale, um, or as I heard it said by this American lady giving a speech last night, the Berlinale. Berlinale. Uh, <laughs> the Berlinale. Uh, there's, it's a big film festival with a lot or of... As Johannes you know, was it's, a Berlinale. It's the Ber Berlinale. And <laughs> I was in Berlin. And there's so many events going on. There's, it's like you would imagine, you know, like Sundance or Toronto Film Festival or something. It's it's a it's a film festival all across the city. There's screenings of films that are up for for you know different various awards, and there's a lot of celebrities in town, and there's like special events and red carpets and blah blah blah. Scorsese was there. I read. Oh really? I didn't know that. I did see them putting up pictures of his films in this event yesterday, but I wasn't sure exactly how it was connected. Um, but. Yeah, I so I eventually was con convinced by the agency. Like, look, this is a really nice invitation. This could be a really great networking opportunity. It's the it's the Berlinale, so there's probably a lot of people from different like streaming networks and television networks and producers there. And I was like, well, I'm not great at just approaching strangers, and especially in Germany. But like, sure, let's do it. So, frantically last weekend while in Berlin already, I went and got like a new suit, which is still a little, it's still casual enough that I can wear it. But the, the, the dress code for this event is cocktail or business, which I am not used to wearing. Like I assumed <laughs> with cocktail, I imagine like tuxedos. You know what I mean? Some guy was there last night wearing a, like a, 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 a barber's raincoat and a dirty baseball hat. And I thought maybe I didn't have to buy a suit. <laughs> if this guy can just walk in with that, Jesus. That's German um, cocktail. <laughs> it's probably a, some German actor, some German famous German actor. Um, but I, yeah, so I decided to go. I got the suit. And then yesterday I left at like 10 in the morning, took this long train, and finally got to the city, killed a couple of hours in the afternoon, like got a coffee, looked around a bit. And then before I knew it, it was already, you know, 5.15. The doors were open from 5, so I knew I could just go in. Uh, the event was supposed to end at 7.30, and I had a train at like 8.05, so I knew I immediately had to leave when it was over, which I, I grew to regret later because it definitely was not going to end at 7.30. Um, but I went in there, and it was just the most, like, I've only been to embassies with the requirement of needing to get, like, a passport renewed or something, and it's so usually so intense. I assumed going into this, I was going to be you entering into deported. like... You would get deported. I assumed that it was a trick to get me deported. <laughs> the Germans were like, we're sick of this guy making fun of us. He's not funny. We've seen enough. <laughs> wir sind fertig. I don't like him anymore. We're done with you, Mr. Prince. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I went in there, like, I was really scared that, like, I... 
kept triple checking my my suit and and triple I had one little bag because the email was like you absolutely under no circumstances can bring a plus one and I was like okay so no Berlin friends can come for funsies and then I thought uh and then the next thing was like no tablets no phones no laptops like super super strict things and I thought okay well I'm not going to bring a laptop in there but I thought maybe I could take some video which i found out later i could but it also had its own rules it was very very spooky for me like i'm not good with airport security or like Mm -hmm. embassy security i kept going through my bag i had a little tiny bag of like a a t-shirt for the drive home so that way if i fall asleep i don't like sweat into this white button-up shirt you know and i i had like my wallet i had i brought my passport i brought a phone charger i thought oh i really hope they let me in with this phone charger it's an electronic but i don't know maybe they'll think it's a bomb or something um but it was so funny walking into this room because walking in you are in america yeah you're you go in this building you're an american and you're only spoken to and greeted by other americans i only met two germans last night at, at, at the whole event, and that's that's a whole other thing to get into. But uh, so I get I get to the door. Oh, heard, I just heard my. Um, let me just mute that tab real quick. Um, I get into the the building. They scan this code. They check my passport. They give me a card. Um, I get in. Someone greets me with the. They take the card from me. They they shake my hand. It's like oh, I'm the social media manager for the embassy, and it was a part of us getting you to be here. We're so happy you're here. And I was like oh, thank you. That's so nice. And then I was immediate like as soon as you enter the door, someone takes your coat and someone takes my bag, and I was like oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I was immediately like put in front of two very important people who I didn't know who they were. <laughs> and who were they? I don't know. <laughs> you still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> like everyone was like, it was like the shaking hands with two very important people that there was like a whole press junket of people, like photographers taking pictures of whoever shakes their hand. It was like meeting the queen or something. And I don't know who they were. And they're American. <laughs> so they were tomorrow, super nice. Tomorrow we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see images of, of you shaking Anthony Blinken's hand. Like, who the fuck is that dude? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I, <laughs> imagine I'm shaking hand with like a, like someone who committed treason or something. Like Prince is associated with someone who committed <laughs> crimes against the country. Um, I shake these two older guys' hands. They they knew who I was, which was really impressive. I didn't think these older guys would. I thought it was going to be some, you know, younger social media manager or something that knows me. Um, so they were very nice. And then they told me to go do my red carpet photos, which I have <laughs> never done in my life. <laughs> and talk about being so uncomfortable. I was literally like shaking. I had to put my hands like kind of in my pocket to keep myself from so visibly shaking because i've never had any type of media training and being being put right onto some kind of red carpet with those banners behind you of like the ads and the production companies mm. and having like seven people call out your name to look at them for a proper photo is really really uncomfortable it's really like a nerve-wracking 20 30 seconds you know like jordan over here whatever whatever and it's i i really wanted to like be nice and give everyone a proper photo but i thought like do they do that does everyone give it does does do people give every photographer their moment or do you just kind of look into the distance and try and smile and then you just walk off and 
I felt super stressed about that. And then finally it was over. Someone like kind of tapped me like, okay, you can move on. They gave me my stuff back. I took it to a coat check. And then I got into the main room. And this is where things calmed down for a second. I got into the main room. It wasn't totally full yet. They were passing some like shrimp, you know, hors d'oeuvres around, like little appetizers. They had free champagne. So I knocked back like three of those. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in this room where the soundtrack of the night was famous film soundtracks. So I walked into like the soundtrack from Gladiator or something like dun, 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 dun. And I felt super stressed out. And I saw these film posters of, of like um, like films that the German production companies had assisted in making, like Asteroid City mm-hmm. and um, the, the most recent Hunger Games movie. It was like Studio Bobblesbag or whatever. And I thought, okay, this is really like a film fest event for sure. Like this is not some – it's not as much embassy as much as it is like film fest. And that was a little bit more relaxing for me. And dude, I took another champagne – I stood in this corner and I thought to myself, this is where I'm going to be. So, you know, the, I'm really lucky that the guy I met at the door knows me, but this is it. Like no one else is going to know me here. <laughs> I'm going to be in this corner and I'm going to have, you know, seven or eight more champagnes <laughs> and then I'm going to, I'm going to leave and no one's going to know that I was here. Yeah. And that mentality changed so quickly because mm-hmm. immediately I was met by someone who like pushed through people to get over to me and immediately wanted a photo and was saying they 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 thought that I was coming, but they weren't sure and da 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 da. And from that moment on, I wasn't left alone until I had to leave to catch my train. That's crazy. I have never had an experience like that. I took I was met by like you know, people of all ages, like people in their 20s up to people in their like, I don't know, maybe, you know, late 60s and the whole range of things. It was, I I was treated so nice, Germans and Americans alike, um, people who knew my stuff. There was one woman who didn't know me, but was so fascinated by the amount of people coming up to me, but that she kept coming and making fun of me. Like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Everyone stops you. I don't know who you are. And she kept making me laugh. And then there was like little, like little burger sliders. And I met some dude. And then I was like approached by this guy, um, who was such a diehard fan. And he, was like he works for like Netflix and Paramount Plus and Comedy Central. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And then I realized like, oh, this is what these kinds of events are. This is what this is. This is like people who meet talent and then they kind of make a connection with them. And did I left that party. Like that party went on much later. Like I could have definitely stayed, but I had to catch a train home. I left and that jacket that I bought to wear to that event, I opened in the train I had like I had like 10 business cards uh-huh. of like people like people from the embassy who wanted to do like partnership videos with the US embassy had people from Netflix from Paramount Plus from Comedy Central um like conductors who travel and do promotional product projects for for films it was really single-handedly one of the wildest experiences I've ever had and I cannot believe that I was a part of that Dude, like the pace we're on, the pace this is this is all coming for you. Um, I'm now expecting that, like in one year time, we will have that um, Emmy Award episode. <laughs> 
I don't know about that, man. That might be some years away. If that happens, that'll be some years. But um, I really, Dude, I'm but that's so, awesome. I'm just so... like, like all I can say is like, like congratulations. Like you, you just like, <laughs> st- f- like fell into something that like every step seems to work out right now. And that's just great. It's, I'm really hoping that like I have to try and keep myself aware that that uh, that like you, you know you get so you get such a high adrenaline and you get such high expectations out of such uh praise and such acceptance of who you are and what you do that i want to i have to try and remind myself like i can enjoy briefly this high of this experience but that you know this is this is what happens at these events and that's what these people do and um i didn't strangely enough though i didn't i tend to have a good radar for these things but i didn't find anybody who seemed ingenuine like I didn't meet anyone who gave me this feeling of like they're just hunting for the for the for the talent or that mm-hmm. um you know they're just there talking to me because someone told them they have to or should or something like this this particular guy I'm looking at his LinkedIn right now actually it's on <laughs> on my page but I I met this guy who is this you know pretty higher up dude at these production companies um from what I can tell and he was such a sweet German guy who was such a fan and wanted a selfie to show his kids because they're fans too. And it was like, this is so, I, I think I might have, at least for now, it seems like I might have struck this perfect chord right down the center of like just actually nice people who like what I'm doing. And I also found out just to sprinkle the, the last uh, bit of like sugar on top of this breakfast bowl, um, I found out that Sharon Stone was at was at this event. Uh, at the very end, they told me she was standing near the front of the stage when people were giving these these speeches. Um, sadly, I did not get to meet her. I should have really fought through the crowd to try and find her. But then at the end, it's like, what am I going to do? Just tell her, like, everyone's told her for the past 40 years that they're yeah. a big fan, you know? Um, maybe it was better that I didn't, so I didn't embarrass myself or something. But she was there in the same room, which is insane to me. And... All these movie posters were all around the place of all these films that I guess were in co-production with some sort of German company. And that's why I saw like Flower Moon and Goodfellas and all these other Scorsese's that were so big. Do you know, by the way, this is the last thing I'll say about it, but do you know this content creator duo, which is comedy magic called Siegfried and Joy? Yeah, yeah. I, I once sent you a reel of theirs, like where they they do this thing with the with the, the with shimmering the cloth. Cu- curtain or whatever. Yeah, and they do this at at the at the uh, subway station in Berlin, and this grumpy German guy comes up, and they're like shaking this this uh, this cloth or curtain or whatever, and let it fall down, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" and turning around and going back down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Is it wasn't that guy like a political figure? Wasn't he? Like, was he just a, just a grump, or wasn't he? An, I think he was accidentally like a person of of. That could be, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I didn't. I didn't uh, go that. Deep I couldn't tell that. if maybe you told me that or someone else told me that. But I remember that. I remember that video. Uh, those two guys were there, <laughs> <laughs> and they were wearing star shaped sunglasses. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to see them on. Like, I really didn't want to go because the party was really rolling, and they were about to open up this like America store within the embassy that you could buy like all these American snacks. And I really wanted to do that, but I, sadly, I had planned everything, expecting it to be just like kind of a 
you know, I kind of went into like I think Ify and I too. We both just all thought of it was going to be sort of um, an event. What do you call it? Like a mandatory thing of like just showing face, yeah. meeting a few business people, and then just kind of being bored and sneaking out. But it was but, so the opposite of that. But I but I, f- I feel like it probably still is that. But that's just how these kind of events might look these days. And I feel that like, mm. like just like you said, you didn't mean anyone who was ingenuine or, or or anything. I guess if it's your job, like to to kind of professionally hook up with with people like you when you work for production companies, that's probably how you do it these days. Mm. Plus, I think one one big point might be that like people are so nice because what you do like reaches them so directly and so privately. You're not this this far away guy that I don't know was away for six months, came back and brought a a movie that that uh, brought him to stardom or anything. Like you're in people's everyday lives, in their pockets. Right. People yeah, are watching those point. reels with their kids at home, and you're you're in in a normal surrounding, etc. So that makes you kind of like easy to to I don't know identify with or anything. I love being in people's pants. <laughs> Jordan Prince. <laughs> that could be a super funny quote or a career render. <laughs> oh Jesus, man! Yeah, that was a really, that was a really crazy great, event. And I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope something comes from that. If not, even that was just a good experience of like, oh, I really shouldn't skip out on these events. This was like, I, I almost didn't go just because of the complications of going back and forth from Munich to Berlin and within like a two-day window. But now I know that if I get invited to these things again, I'm not going to skip it because it's so such an honor to be invited to such a major film festival in yeah. such a major city uh, where all these potential interactions can happen. And also just e- even if you wouldn't meet anybody, just the the flattery of invitation is so sweet and so heartwarming. It's like... That alone is recognition enough of what you're doing that you don't need any further validation of anyone coming up to you with a business card. Like just being there is like, hey, I earned a spot of like a direct invitation. That's so nice, you know. Um, one, one question I have um, yeah. left regarding that whole event, like <clears throat> knowing that you, you've always, since I've, I've known you like struggled with your connection to, to the USA and it, it's home, but it's so far away and you have a lot of issues with it, but still it is home, etc. So all these kind mm-hmm. of things, what did it mean to you that like the US embassy, so like the official delegation, the official representation of your home country, like reaching out to you and wanting you to be there, what did that do to you? It was a really it's it's a shock man because it's 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 kind of a crazy honor I think to be seen by such a you know respected representation of your country. For me that was really crazy. I mean I I don't know if did I tell you about the Munich embassy invitation as well? You you mentioned it but nothing nothing concrete. Um that's not con- in in concrete yet but like within the same two weeks This invitation at the Berlin Embassy for a, for the Film Fest event coincided with being invited to go and perform stand-up at the American Embassy in Munich mm-hmm. as part of a special event they're putting on later this year in September. 
and having both of those invitations come my way in such a within such a short window of time literally just because there's enough americans feeling represented by the jokes i'm making here in germany for them to fight you know to their boss or recommend to their superiors that i should go and and be that voice between the german and american relations of entertainment or whatever it's it's an insane honor man it's really it's it's i feel so I I have crazy imposter syndrome at the same time I can kind of understand like maybe I, maybe I don't think I'm the best option but I can see that there's obviously some connection there that uh that I'm very grateful for. That's yeah. nice. And I mean like for me you're already the US ambas ambassador of fun. Oh, <laughs> <And> Germany <laughs> really needs that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's such a I think I have to wrap it up with that, Rand. That's such a beautiful way. That's such a beautiful way to end the episode. But um yeah, I'm really glad I could tell you about this story and I'll definitely keep you and, and everyone listening updated on on what happens with this. But I think so far it seems like this really could be a, a huge stepping stone year. And um I'm very curious what's gonna happen. <laughs> Me too. But I have man. to keep I have to keep working. I can't get comfortable. <laughs> that's a spirit. Yeah, dude. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure. Make sure to like and rate and subscribe and all that jazz. It really helps us out so much. We love you and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.